The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Solat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Managing Global Innovation. Is it luck or is it science? Managing innovation requires a technical, regulatory, economic, and political perspective. This show illuminates smartphone performance safety, health, and regulatory issues. Sir Richard Branson once stated, if you hold the phone next to your head, you'll fry your brain. He then founded Virgin Mobile Sprint, directed, uh, directed at American youth. What is the matter? Are they healthy or not? Cell phone antennas emit radio frequency signals to reach a cell tower. RF signals are likely are like tossing a stone in a the pond. They spread out circularly. Your head absorbs 30% and your hand 20%, leaving about half of the signal to reach the tower. Power in phone moves up and down to meet your needs. No one actually knows if near-field signals are risky, we are beginning to know that the effects of infants, uh, the effects on infants, and unexplained anomalies. James Johnson, uh, my guest today, will introduce us to new paradigm for the better antennas and improved science standards and solutions. James reduces the matter to simple elements and has shared his talks around the world. People to people working together for your safety is all about safety, and I thought today's show, this was, uh, this was a subject that would be of interest to the listening audience, thinking about all the work we do with cell phones and how often we have those cell phones in our hands up to our ears. Our show is not possible without sponsors. I'd like to uh, once again introduce our sponsors, and I'm very pleased to announce that we have increased our sponsorship, and I'm very pleased to share that uh, that increase includes C-Trends. C-Trends is an independent distributor of electronic and uh, mechanical parts. We also have business and quality process management. They've been a sponsor for, uh, well, since the beginning of the show. We have secure components, which uh, 
independent distributor as well, and they specialize as well in the obsolete and hard-to-find components. In addition to those sponsors, we have the AANS Australia, which is the Aircraft Aging and Sustainability Group down in Australia. I'm very pleased. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Richard Gauntlet from Australia on our show, and uh, he talked about the issues that AANS works on down in Australia, keeping both military and uh, military, commercial, and private aircraft safe for use um, in the skies. And our um, additional, one, one additional uh, sponsor is Concord Components. Concord Components is an independent distributor of electronic and mechanical com uh, parts. They specialize as well in finding the hard-to-find obsolete components and making sure that uh, customers of theirs receive quality parts uh, that are safe from hazardous substances as well as non-counterfeit, anti-counterfeit, if you will. Um, so today, I, I'm, I'm anxious to get uh, started. I've got James Johnson. James and I have known each other for a good while now, and James is uh, perhaps one of the leading, if not the leading, uh, individuals in development of uh, new innovative uh, um, antennas for cell phone technology. Uh, James, Jim, James Johnson, uh, we refer to James as Jim, so the rest of the time I'll refer to him as Jim, uh, is the co-inventor of Vortis uh, technology with 40 years in electromagnetic high-tech products. At age 17, he adjusted a flux value magnetic sensor on top of a nuclear-armed B-52 in the U.S. Air Force. I'm going to let James talk about the rest. I mean, that scares me to death all by itself. So let me, let me not um, spend any more time. Jim, are you there? Hi, Stan. Good talking to you again. Uh, James, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Um, I understand and I, that. And let me let me, uh, let me calm the uh, nerves on that uh, nuclear uh, device. We used to work on the navigational systems, and uh, there's on the wing of any airplane there is a flux valve that senses the magnetic field of the Earth. And when you're doing a launch, and one of those go out. You have no choice but to get up there and align it. And, of course, one minute of arc could knock it off hundreds of miles. So one minute of arc on a degree is significant. So no big thing, but it was a wonderful opportunity for me in the, as a young teenager getting into technology. And the point was is that that's where I started into my electromagnetics. Outstanding. Um, since since we're going down that that road, and you've uh, helped me feel better, and I, I think you know that I had once uh, aspired to actually be a, um, a nuclear uh, missile repairman in the army. So when when I saw the word nuclear, I, nuclear, I, I sensed a, a bit of concern there. But you've helped put that to bed. Well, the, the most concern is using the, the proper term, nuclear. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, why don't you give us a little more background on yourself, Jim, before we get started into uh, our discussion today? 
Thank you, Stan. I, uh, as mentioned, I, I'm a technologist. I sort of went into the Air Force and uh, enjoyed the only uh, uh, military force that was designed only to prevent war. And uh, I came out, and I was uh, lucky enough to uh, go into uh, technology. I was born and raised in California here in the Bay Area. Silicon Valley is sort of my hometown south of us. But uh, it was always fascinating, and I uh, spent the first part of my uh, 15 years uh, working actually in uh, business for mobile telephones. We were a dealer for uh, Harris, and uh, we introduced one of the first portable mobile telephones in the Bay Area, which was at that time an 18-pound attache phone where the battery itself was about 10 pounds and uh, that's where I got my interest in in consumer goods and wireless and antennas and technology for executive communication we built that business in the 70s and sold it Uh, I moved into uh, mergers and acquisitions to find uh, other businesses and technology and that's sort of when I started my career in um, uh, helping tech companies grow and develop. Uh, I think you and I met back in 1992 after I had built a couple of uh, small companies, and we were a uh, 200-man operation re-engineering ourselves to meet the new standards for globalization, and um, that brings us back to the old days. And manufacturing has always been a love of mine, and I've been a director, a CEO, um, director of quality assurance, engineering, done product launches for fingerprint and biometric uh, technologies, uh, and I go on and on simply because it's fun, but that's the gist of it. I was introduced. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I was just uh, commenting. Uh, okay, Let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you you got into Vortis. Um, why don't we kind of give the audience, if you will, what what is Vortis and um, what inspired or caused you to get involved with that? Well, uh, I at the. Uh at the gist of my career, I was invited into a new startup in about 1998 from one of my former partners, and um, it was the first high-tech antenna company. Now, <clears throat> going back a, a, a ways to 1998, if everybody remembers cell phones came out uh, big time in the 90s, they had an antenna that was either fully up or it was a stubby, or right. like the old StarTac Motorola flip phone, it had an antenna that you could uh, actually pull out. So our company was uh, designed to basically change the antenna world for cell phones by placing what used to be a paper clip type device called an antenna onto a printed circuit board configuration. And in doing so, you can create meandering lines. You can change, uh, let's say, the circular pattern in some ways. You can do a lot of things, including save about a dollar and quality problems from the antennas and still 
achieve the performance levels that is required for the system to operate functionally. So in coming into that company, uh, we were the first ones that started embedded antennas. That was Rainstar International. And uh, I was introduced to the entire concept. In fact, coincidentally, a week before I started, 2020 News came on with their first cannon fire over the industry, stating that there was some question about cell phone safety and health. And, in fact, you quoted Richard Branson. Uh, poor guy, uh, at that time, he was not owner of Virgin Mobile, and I'm sure he regretted the statement, but he actually was interviewed, and he actually did have some strong comments. And uh, three or four years later, he did actually go into the business, of which is now run and very successful. Um, all of those companies have moved towards, uh, let's say, more um, design-friendly antennas that cost less. As I was witnessing the entire process over about a year, I did understand that... Um, there is an issue that is growing, and I took it seriously, and that's when I started doing my research on what might be the best ergonomic technology for the user as it's specified, because before they were not actually even measuring antenna test where the user was holding it next to their head and hand, so they were completely disconnected with the user, and in fact, I would... I would venture to say that they still are to some degree. What you're what you're talking about to um, to try and get this into, uh, if you will, a bit of lay term, uh, layman terms. I can remember, and you and I've had this discussion in in the past uh, when you were first getting involved with this. Um, I wear hearing aids. And one of the issues I used to have with cell phones was, in fact, the um, the interference between the cell phone and my hearing aid. Is, is this part of what we're talking about here? Well, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, in my tenure at Rainstar, when I saw that they were sort of moving towards a high-run, high-industry uh, product, they were eventually sold, I was still left with a taste in my mouth that there needs to be a better way, and that's when I was introduced to a major problem, which is what you just described, that as with almost any uh, electronic device, if you run a, a pulse through it, if it, a magnetic pulse goes through it, it will uh, cause current flow. And we've all heard that uh, telltale trace that a calls coming in from our cell phone sometimes through our radio. And uh, it's a little ticking sound, and it's essentially the GSM software talking back and forth to the tower. Well, those pulses, uh, or square waves pulses, they go into a hearing aid, you hear the same thing. And uh, it started coming about when industry moved specifically into the digital world, and complaints were growing and growing, and at that time, my mother had the problem. She was uh, still working very actively as an expert witness. Uh, she was a real estate uh, valuation 
expert, and uh, she would have to actually turn it off to answer the phone. She was losing calls. And I, I had assumed that the industry would take care of it, and after about a year and a half, I realized that they were not. So that's when I pulled engineers together. I figured I would start a, a two- or three-year project, developed what I had known to be uh, array technology as the uh, horizontal or best technology uh, that we're moving towards, and started putting prototypes together and started talking and interviewing to the leaders of the national uh, hearing uh, associations as well. We went to Washington, D.C. and visited the FCC. The industry was ordered to fix it, and their response was they need to radiate and there's nothing they can do, talk to the hearing aid manufacturers. And so that dialogue opened up the two- or three-year project between the FDA, the FCC, the hearing industries, as well as the technology companies in the, uh, within the Cellular Telephone and Industry Association. That is the lobbyist uh, CTIA that um, is the association for everybody. The dialogue the hard of hearing people was about both the cell phone reducing some of the energy towards the person's head and hearing aid, while at the same time the hearing aid manufacturers had an obligation to sort of RF harden or make uh, the hearing aid more shielded to uh, protect it from those um, pulses. And the battle went on, we produced our prototype, and I, I like to think that we were the straw on the tip of the, on the, tip of the uh, scale because for seven years the FCC was giving exemptions to the industry uh, that they did not have to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, because it was a physics matter that was not readily achievable by the industry. And so when we showed up, uh, not only uh, did we have a working model, but I had just had lunch with the top hearing aid executive a few hours prior in Washington, and I allowed her to make a call for the first time. Luckily, she ended up to be one of Obama's presidential advisors and uh, one of the top advisories, and she endorsed our product with the FCC, and they removed the exemptions for the industry in 2003 and then updated the standards. Nowadays, when you go into a store to buy a cell phone, you'll see a HAC, H-A-C, emblem, and that stands for Hearing Aid Compatibility. And it will give you a correlating Jim, number that will Jim, tell I, you... Yeah, go ahead. If I could get you to hold on for just a minute, we need to take a short break um, okay. for radio identification. Uh, this is extremely interesting, and I want to come back to this, uh, talk a little more about the HAC and what that means to our audience. Uh, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back with Jim Johnson and uh, Managing Global Innovation. Is it luck or science? Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. 
Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. C-Trends utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security. Item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on C-Trends for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets, challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash A-A-S-C. That's aging with an E. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Managing Global Innovation. Is it luck or science? My guest today, Jim Johnson, is uh, best known, or maybe you should say well-known, for his work in the telecommunications industry related uh, to our topic today, specifically about the uh, antennas and how they can improve both the, um, the value uh, or connectivity of a cell phone as well as protecting us uh, health-wise 
from the radiation of radio frequency oh, signals frequency. that in traditional phones of the past uh, were cons we had concerns over that radiation going into both our brain as well as our hands uh, and other parts of our body. Um, before the break, Jim was just about to explain what the acronym HAC stood for, the hack as he was calling it. So I want to uh, get back into the subject. And Jim, I'd like you, if you don't mind, to kind of help us understand a bit of the technology. Um, let, again, starting with hack, what, what really is that? How does that um, protect us or help us? And then we can kind of look at uh, what you've done and how you've done it and what can we do to make sure we're getting uh, safe products. Well, thank you, Stan. Yes, uh, HAC, H-A-C, Hearing Aid Compatibility, is actually called the HAC Act, and it's a subsection within the American Disabilities Act. It essentially says if you're a supplier of utility to uh, Americans, you have to make it available to all of them, even the 1%. Uh, although in the hearing industry, what I discovered around the world, it's generally about 10% are hard of hearing, and of that 10%, 2% generally end up wearing hearing aids or needing a hearing aid. Now, so, Jim, just, just to interrupt you for a minute, when you say that 1% or 2%, I'm assuming that we're talking about statistics and not, not the uh, spouse who, uh, who complains about not hearing the other yeah, no, within that 2%, there's probably 20% that keeps it in the drawer. Right. <laughs> you know, I guess when we get this age, we sometimes hard of hearing is a good thing. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't uh, go that far when I'm at home, but I wouldn't mind uh, sharing that when I'm out here on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> See, thank you. So... Uh, at any rate, the battle, it was a battle. By the time I entered into the, uh, to the arena, I guess it was um, around 2001 or 2002, and by that time, Brenda Batat was the hero in this story, and she had been battling the FCC and the CTIA to no avail. And in and, and their favor, they really cannot solve a problem if there's no technology out there. And so... As, as, as we know, when we think of smartphones, we think of all the wonderful things that we get out of it, the, the video, the texting, the, the call, and everything else. But the last thing in the world that we're thinking about is the fact that that thing is a two-way radio. And it is a serious two-way radio that transmits as far as a mile away to a tower that can talk back and forth. So... When we ask the question, perhaps humanity's greatest question, can you hear me now? One of the first things you can actually do is hold the phone an inch or two away from your ear and with your fingertips, and you're liable to get a significant improvement in the quality of the call because the antenna is inside. And when you cover the phone with your hand, or you rest it on your head, you'll absorb the signal and, and your call quality will go down. Well, people with hard of hearing need the highest call quality that uh, we can give them. And 
And so the hack battle went on for years and years until we finally came in and brought the technology forward. And I'll explain what the technology is, but essentially the FCC did issue a report and order in July of 2003, ordering the industry to come up to better standards and meeting the requirements of the HACC Act. And if anybody wishes to get more information, they can see this at our, our website or our Facebook, uh, uh, facebook.com, Vortis Tech, or forward slash Vortis Tech. But okay. um, overall... The report and order, which is the way that the FCC manages its regulations, um, gave the industry several years to come up with at least two handsets, a high-end handset and a low-end handset that would meet the requirements of our hard-of-hearing people. And that gave us a lot of notoriety because perhaps we, we all should know this, that when the FCC makes a ruling is a very good chance the rest of the world will follow almost precisely in their footsteps. Um, with few exceptions, the FCC is a great leader and a highly technical uh, institution that really does actually want to solve the problems. And that, you know, can get into the regulatory matters. Uh, I hope that answers your question about the hearing aid compatibility and the hack, uh, the hack act, uh, if you, uh, unless you have any more, Stan. No, I, I think that does. Um, I, I guess the only other question is the today I personally happen to use a BlackBerry phone, but um, I don't get the same uh, feedback. I don't have the, the interference that I used to have. Does that mean that I've got a phone that, that in essence is employing the technology that you're talking about? Well, generally speaking, it, it could mean one of a few things. Uh, it could mean basically there are two primary systems in America as well around the world with only one new system, I believe, coming out uh, within China. And that is um, that there's a system called CDMA, which is Verizon, and uh, a system called GSM, which is AT&T and Sprint and the other one. Uh, okay. If, if Verizon, you have a software that doesn't have digital pulses so that they're not so uh, hard-hitting within the circuitry. Uh, They're more of an analog uh, system. It's a technical deal, but uh, that could be one reason. The other is that you bought good hearing aids because the manufacturers did, in fact, on the high-end hearing aids, create an immunity to most of the uh, pulses. Um, I can tell you one other thing is that um, manufacturers have been trying for years uh, to do exactly what we have done, and that is to lower the amount of energy that is directed towards the user's head and hand. Now, antennas are limited in their ability to do that, and that sort of brings me to what our technology is and why... It is what it is. Um, does that help you? Yes. Yeah, I think that does uh, help. Certainly helps me, and uh, it helps the audience, uh, hopefully as well, to uh, better understand what uh, what we're talking about here. So, yeah, the high the high end expensive uh, hearing aid uh, that are immune 
are generally not the problem, but the rest of the world doesn't pay $3,000 per hearing aid. They might pay 100 to 500 or or somewhere in between, and those are the ones where they need the most help. Um, let me talk a little bit about, as, as easy as I can, about the, the, the physics or the science behind what we have done. Okay. Uh, in, in essence, if you, if you hold your finger up in the air, you can call that an antenna, and that sort of radiates its little magnetic field outward like the shape of a donut, and it can get out to about a mile or so. And radio waves are like water waves or sound waves or, or seismic waves. They're all the same. They have a, a beginning, a high peak, and an end, and then they reverse themselves. And those are uh, the wave lengths, and, you know, the frequencies are how many of the times it reverses itself within a second, which in our world with smartphones is about 1.8 billion times a second. Um, so if you have one antenna that is radiating in all directions, it is possible to have another antenna that's sitting right next to it that if you create a phase difference, a 180-degree phase difference, meaning one is at its peak, whereas the other one is at its trough or its lowest point, then it's possible that when those two waves coming off of each of the antennas meet, they will actually cancel themselves out. So another example of... Uh, of describing this is if you toss a stone in a pond, you'll see a circular pattern move outward as, as just like the phone would do. But right. it's possible to take two stones and toss them just one behind the other at a precise interval to the wavelength that you would actually witness on the water a figure eight pattern where the waves, when they meet, will cancel out and then in the farther fields, they actually enhance themselves. And it's quite a, an interesting phenomenon. It's well-known. It's not anything new. It's 40 years old in technology, but nobody applied it to cell phones. And so when I saw the basic problem and understood the basic physics, I commissioned many engineers, including the uh, chairman of the American National Standards Institute uh, for the Hearing Aid Cell Phone Compatibility, the C6319, Standard. His name was uh, Stephen Berger, who did mm -hmm. much help in the way of working with us in Congress. He's a senatorial advisor in that, in terms of bringing our technology forward. So the technology is essentially two antennas that are phased, that are both located on a PCB, and the way that we configure it within a particular device, a radiating device, is essentially called an integration of our antenna, because no antenna can stand alone. We have to actually build it into cell phones uh, as, it, as it comes out and as it's properly launched. Okay. Now, that doesn't sound terribly complex. Uh, I'm sure there's science behind it that, that makes it more complex than it sounds like, but I guess the other side of it is from a... Um, from a company point of view or from a manufacturer's point of view, does it 
does it actually add a lot of cost to the cost of a, a phone itself? Well, that is actually one of our uh, biggest issues, the economy of the antenna itself. And uh, as, as a PCB with a component or two on it, with the integration process, um, I'm sure the same economies of scale that you find today and the embedded antennas will likely get to the same, the same essential price. But uh, for now, it's going to cost about a dollar to two dollars as an embedded device. Now, that's not a lot because every consumer I've ever talked to would say they would pay, you know, a hundred dollars if they could stop, you know, losing half the energy into their head. And uh, essentially that's, that takes us into the health and safety discussion because I, I want to make it clear that it's already well known and it's been known since the mid-90s that when a user uses a cell phone next to the head, that, that energy goes in there and um, that the, the focus of attention is not so much, for me, it's not so much whether or not there is a long-term health effect uh, because I'm not a scientist studying that, although I am working with the scientist on correlating the uh, E and H field, near fields, with the correlating effects of the uh, migration of some cellular movement that they're seeing. But aside from that, we try not to get too much into that aspect of it, but um, we are in the, as you had mentioned at the beginning, we're in the infancy of knowledge. So, it's only been a few years since the industry actually started measuring with the cell phone against the head. Now they're learning more and more about the interfacing with the face, the, the, uh, the, the integration aspect. So uh, we saw um, for the first time a major company, Apple, virtually get knocked down by the antenna. And this was not really about the antenna, but it was how the antenna was uh, integrated on the phone, where it had the death grip. I don't know if you remember the antenna gate, but uh, right, uh, it, was yeah. a good example. it was a good example of a, of a product launch process that you and I both know. We've seen lots of them. We see how they, the failure modes in effect and things like that. But, but in essence, Apple was crippled by the concept that they put the antenna, called the rim antenna on the outside, uh, but they made no provision to prevent the user from shoring out two of the three elements that were in that rim. And so when people held it a certain way, they complained about uh, quality problems because they were actually detuning it. So right. I'm mentioning things like detuning and, and near-field and Fresnel zones, and there's a whole list of things when you talk about complication and integration that is most important because ultimately you, you got to put it in there anticipating every end user's configuration on a table nowadays, on a palm, uh, in the head, and, and that type of thing. So there is, a, there is quite a bit. And, and antennas, they, they like to radiate in free space. They, they don't want to be constrained, but, you know, <laughs> the cell phone, the cell phone well, has they, to get smaller. You've got a world on your watch now. All right. Say, Jim, we need to take another short break. Um, we're just finishing up segment two here. To my listening audience, don't go away. We're going to be right back with more discussion on cell on your on your smart smartphone, cell phone, 
um, and what's being done to make them safer. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. C-Trans utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security. Item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on C-Trans for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. Aging Aircraft Australia is a nonprofit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets, challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at StanSalat.com. Again, that's Stan at StanSalat.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Salat. Our show today is about managing global innovation. Is it luck or science? My guest, Jim Johnson, has been discussing the work he has done to improve 
the functionality of cell phones, or if better stated, I, I should say the safety of, of cell phones, of smartphones, uh, anything that uh, you would put up to your head to and talk over uh, that might actually be causing radio waves to uh, penetrate your skin and, and your brain. Uh, there has been a lot of discussion, I know, over the years about this. I uh, want to jump back in here and uh, get Jim back on uh, on the air here with me. Jim? Hi, Stan. And I do want to answer the question before your program is over. Is it luck or science, or is it science or luck? And the answer to the question is it's both. Okay. Well, why don't you expand on that just, just a little bit then? Where's well, when you, when, you understand <laughs> when you understand there is a solution, obviously good startups will get into the science, a good chief science officer will help guide in, in the process and and, and really, you, you've got to get your ducks lined up and make sure you've got the right science. I, I, I can tell you so many startups I've ever seen that think they've got it, but they just didn't go to the top to find out where they are. And, and so you really have to work with people like uh, Deborah Davis of the Environmental Health Trust. I'd like to give, a, give her a plug. She's one of the top scientists in America that has been working with the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization. Uh, many of uh, her associates and colleagues and friends uh, were uh, uh, contributed to the movement that defined uh, cell phones as potentially carcinogens. So in, in the realm of the science, uh, it's very, very important to really connect with that because you certainly learn that there's a lot to learn and a lot to know and that we can contribute a lot. As far as luck is concerned, uh, you know, my definition of luck is being prepared when the moment comes. And um, certainly those moments will come, and when you put it out there, and, and we certainly did, our, uh, did put it out there, we were, we were welcomed by the ANSI standards, we were welcomed by uh, England, uh, UK PI, which is uh, <clears throat> trade and industry, uh, given an uh, innovator uh, award and granted... Um, startup capability for testing and market testing and that. It's just wonderful what we what we received. Uh, I think the luckiest thing for me is when I conceived the name Vortis back in uh, 2004. Uh, I had no idea what it meant other than uh, I wanted to express the, the, the nature of uh, radio waves. I won't get into it, but uh, I learned later that in India, Vortis means no and chakra. Uh, which is energy flow and control around the body. And, and in England, that represented the movement of a futuristic movement around the uh, 19th turn of the century, just after the turn of the century before World War One. And uh, I thought it was a good brand name, so we got real lucky on the brand name, and, and uh, it's not offensive to anyone in any country and any culture. So that's the important thing when you're dealing with a global technology. Working with the telecoms has been very lucky. You find that many, many people in the telecoms want to find solutions, but it's such a huge issue. There's so many variations and variables involved that, uh, uh, that it's just not so simple. We can put our antenna in, and uh, it's going to cause uh, an additional price, which makes a, l a little bit of difference. It's going to cause uh, a size issue. Not so much size because we can sort of mold around the, the phone itself, but, you know, there's always these trade-offs. And we've been very lucky with people who have accepted that the end goal of a good smartphone is that its performance, its capability to serve as a listening or hearing device. 
And I also would like to say one thing on the health and safety aspect. If you look at the FDA and FCC sites, websites, you'll find that the measure of what you're receiving in your body or head is called uh, RF uh, signal radiation. I don't particularly like to use the word radiation, uh, but it's a signal. And uh, just like your microwave oven, it's not as powerful but it's the same frequency, and it's a coincidence that cell phone frequencies ended up to be the same resonant frequency as water, which is the near frequency to a microwave oven. And one of the scientists, doctors, uh, when asked the question, does it harm you, he cites this as being, you know, look at meat after you put it into a microwave. And, and that, that's kind of true, but it's not totally because of the difference in the power. Now, so... Okay. Our focus of attention is to make sure that we're building a product that is using every best practice that is available. And that doesn't mean just only a technology or antenna. It means that instead of Steve Jobs saying, uh, tell them to hold their phone differently, he would embrace the concept of training his his users to hold it properly. And the industry is now starting to realize they have to do that. They're, they have not been able to meet the health and safety standards. I will say that on your show, here and now, and the evidence of that is simply to read the owner's manual. They right. will tell you that you must hold it at least three-quarters of an inch away from your head for them to meet the absorption standards, the specific absorption standards. That, to me, and you, Stan, is not compliance to a regulation unless it's a variance that's been given by the FCC. And to their credit, it's a technology issue. So a lot of people have to get around this, and a lot of people have. The Congress has been talking about it. They've introduced legislation in many different areas about best practices and, and, and finding the best solutions. Um, many of the people in the FDA, a lot of the... Uh, I, I have to plug a friend, uh, Dr. Um, Tony Stein, who is a California consumer advocate who worked on uh, California Bill 932, visiting every senator, and an FDA uh, consumer advisor for us, that when he discovered that the ANSI standard, C95, was not updated since 1996. He went right to Washington, and probably within six to nine months later, if you look it up, you'll find a Bloomberg report that the Justice Department talked to the FCC and said, why aren't you following the process on updating the standards? So there is a lot of movement going on, a lot of people interested, and a lot of coalescing of both the science, the standards, and the solution. And that's kind of what you know, would be very lucky for us is that, is that we, we hit that perfect wave where all three waves come together and uh, the problem is then solved. Will we ever solve the problem of health and, and safety on wireless devices? No, any more than we're not going to solve the problem of pollution out of your vehicles, but it really does require best practices, and there's okay. the technology out there now. Very good. Um, one of we're we're 
desperately close to the end of our show, and uh, one of the downsides of the show is that it's only an hour long. Um, we never seem to have enough time to get everything out, but be that as it may, I want to remind folks that you can find out more information about the uh, Vortis story at www.vortistech.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-S-T-E-C-H.com. You can also uh, go to Facebook.com and uh, Google or, or look for Vortis Tech, V-O-R-T-I-S-T-E-C-H. Um, I made a, a promise to Jim that I would uh, reach out to the listeners and ask all of you to uh, go by and like, uh, the, like Vortis Tech on Facebook. Jim, I want to thank you very much for uh, being a guest on the show today. I uh, appreciate all of your input and uh, your sharing of the story with us. And perhaps we can have you back on at another time. Well, thank you so much, Dan, too. I, I, it's been a, such a pleasure talking with you again after all these years. And, and really what you have been doing is amazing. And uh, with reference to the counterfeit and everything else, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to help you in any way possible. Well, thank you very much, and we definitely are continuing people-to-people um, -people working together for your safety is all about safety, and as Jim mentioned, uh, we started out with uh, hazardous substance safety and counterfeit avoidance safety, and this year uh, we're going to, as I've shared last week, we're going to expand that just a bit um, and look at other types of safety that are related to uh, products and the things that manufacturers can do to help uh, consumers and the rest of us. I need to uh, recognize our sponsors. Uh, very proud to have uh, Concord Components. You can reach Concord Components at www.concordcomponents.com. They're one of our new sponsors. They're a distributor. Also have a new franchise line with American Simi Expands. Uh, expand, uh, American Semi uh, that uh, they're franchised to distribute now. Also, C-Trends, Supply Chain Specialist, www.ctrends.com. C-Trends is also a distributor, and they're worldwide. They have offices all over to help you. Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia, a, the uh, AANS Australia, been down there in Australia a couple of times, participated in their conferences, a fantastic group of folks working on the safety of aircraft, uh, the aging aspects of aircraft, and the counterfeit avoidance of aircraft. Uh, Longtime uh, sponsor BQPM at BQPM.com, as well as uh, SecureComponents.com. Secure Components is an ind independent distributor, the first in the world to have uh, received the 6081, the International 6081 certification uh, through the IECQ. Um, if you have questions, agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments to stan at stansalot.com. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at stansalotjr for junior. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'd like to recognize my uh, staff at Voice America, Brandy Jackson, General Manager, Robert Cellino, Executive Producer, Randy Jackman, our Production Manager, and Jeffrey Gerstel, our Director of Host Services. Yulia Coach is uh, from Coach Branding and People to People product, uh, Production Manager. 
Thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. And remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Salat, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.